Hey everyone, welcome to the Create Initiative Podcast, the show that brings you insights and techniques from people in the creative world. We serve to help fellow creatives connect, learn, and grow. I'm Jason Evans, and sighing in the microphone next to me is Kyler Clapp. <laughs> and then uh, joining us from his garage is the one and only Kyle Lee. How are you guys doing? I'm great. Great. Don't you mean my uh, um, creative studio? Your, your you creative studio, that's right. Um, the, yeah, I mean, I've got the podcast corner over here. I've got my t-shirt printing set up over there. The museum. Yeah, you've got the camera museum. The camera museum, yes. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm beginning yeah. to think the longer we've done these uh, shows with you in your garage, that your garage is actually like the inside of Mary Poppins' bag. It's like there's there's never anything you don't have. It's like... I, mean, I, have, a, I have a lot of stuff, but I mean... I've really gotten rid of a lot of stuff in the past few years, so I don't know. Hey. Wow, <laughs> that's impressive. You only keep, I only keep the essentials. <laughs> the essentials. Uh, I think my favorite thing, and we'll talk about the workshop uh, here in a moment, but at the workshop, you had the uh, the blow thing, like the party favor. Um, you know, yeah, to welcome our guests. I'm like, wh- how long have you had that, and uh, how sanitary is it? I've got a whole pack of them. Really. Is it from a birthday party, or did you just see them and thought, hey, I may need those? Well, you always need to have just birthday stuff lying around. When you have four kids, it's always someone's birthday. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> so it's good see. good Up to here. have them. Let's see. I just keep this lying around for, because um, I got two boys, so. Ah, so occasion arises. the same. So do you and then it? on my birthday, I wear it also, so. <laughs> I believe that. It all works out. I believe you do. Um, well, uh, I'm glad both of you guys are doing great and uh, hope your weekend ended well. And uh, before we talk about how your weekend ended, let's talk about how it began with our communication workshop. Uh, what did you guys think of it? It was great. The speakers were pages fire. pages of notes. Oh, yeah, same in my phone, yeah. Yeah. So you, you like the speakers, Kyler? Oh, yeah. I was surprised. I hadn't heard... Any of them before? Okay. No, they were really good. Yeah, I thought they, they had good quality content. What did you think, Kyle? I loved it. You loved it. I thought it was great. I loved hearing from Jonathan Malm. I'd never really heard him speak um, um, before. I'd read both two of his books, not both of them, because he's got more than two. But uh, it was good. It was interesting to hear him speak, and it was cool. Yeah, yeah, I thought he did a great job. Kyler was texting. I was a big fan because he kept he would kind of rabbit trail, but it was like an intentional rabbit trail. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't intentional, but his rabbit trail was fire. It circled back around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's like, "Well, I'm not going to talk about." I was like, "No, talk about it. Say it. Say it. Say it." <laughs> yeah, I I like the uh, he he definitely um, you know for someone we had never met before, uh, he he seemed very into what we were doing, and so I appreciate that. And uh, he emailed me afterwards and said thanks. And um, so it was great. He, uh, Kyler was freaking out because he was even sharing his air table. <laughs> yeah, for, he was like, well, let see. me just show you guys this thing. I yeah, mean, well, it's like our whole business I've got his strategy, autograph, so. Okay, oh, wow. Kyle, well. Wow. Way to one-up us. I don't want to. Yeah, I won an Instagram <laughs> contest of his. Wow. Wow. Which book is that? You know, The Hidden Option. The Hidden Option. Yeah, which is funny um, about the Instagram contest. Literally, the only Instagram contest I ever entered, and I won. 
and my wife enters like 30 a day. Yeah, I understand, <laughs> and, Libby. But it's funny. Hey, if, you, if you're going to win, you're going to win. But uh, yeah, Jonathan did great. Nick uh, started us off. He, uh, you know, he kept remarking about not being a morning person, but I thought, I thought what he talked about was great. I thought it was mm-hmm. super relevant and full of insight that, uh, that we can use. And then um, Brewster uh, did Brewster things. You know, he, he's very unassuming when he, when he talks, and, uh, but he just drops these little nuggets of wisdom that were great. I even parked in a different parking spot today just to get out of my parking routine of I normal. appreciated that because I'm not a person of routine at all. So <laughs> I was like, maybe I'm finally maybe doing you, something right. Or maybe you need to get a routine so you can get out yeah. of your routine. <laughs> Kyler's routine is being late. Uh, and so It is. Oh, so maybe I should. Well, I see where you're going with Here, that. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Kyler. You, you do have a routine. It just might not be one that you like. Everybody has a routine. Like there's, yeah, you know, it's like the the word liturgy, and a lot of churches are scared of that word. But like every church has a liturgy because it's essentially their order of service. Um, well, Kyler, you have a routine, but you my, just don't know what it is. But like I, it's, I like change. Wake up nine a.m. Be at work. Head down to Dunkin' Donuts. Order the extra large milkshake. Um, I don't know what that and is. Then from there. Is that not what you have in your cup? No, it is um, a blended caramelicious from Scooters. That is definitely just a, a morning. I never milkshake. get oh, blended drinks ever, and the one day I do get a blended drink, Kyle gives me crap about it. Can I say crap on no, here? No, I'm hey, you can say whatever if you, you want. If we'll you bleep it if necessary. Yeah, we're gonna bleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're definitely gonna have to bleep that out. <laughs> y'all are still frozen to me, so it's just. Oh, well, I was pointing aggressively. Both of y'all with. <laughs> really concerned faces looking right at me. Uh, she was pointing aggressively um, <laughs> at you. But, uh, yeah, if you want to drink a milkshake for breakfast, I'll, I'm all for it. <laughs> Anyways, about routine. I was Well, he would say things like, drive a different way. I never drive the same way home or to work two days in a row. Okay. And I don't know if that's, you know what, let's just not talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Well, it was it was that's, great. That's a great that's a great rhythm. Yeah, Kyler. it's a good rhythm. He said, "Live in rhythms, yeah. not rhythms. routines." Yeah. That's a great rhythm. There you rhythms. go. And uh, then Brandon Verderber from Woodlake, uh, he 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 finished us off talking about communication, and uh, he he just hit it right the the nail on the head on how to to prepare your communication, uh, especially from stage or if you're doing some kind of a talk or a presentation. So uh, I just thought all of our speakers really really hit the nail on the head and did exactly what we were hoping they would. Um, and if you were a part of the workshop, we'd love to hear uh, your thoughts. Uh, let us know. Drop us a line. And if you weren't a part of the still workshop, need to, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and we still got to give away your sweat rag. It's not a sweat rag. It's a shop towel. Shop towel. Sorry. Yeah, it's beautiful. Clean off beautiful. lenses. First person to should... uh, email Kyle and uh, request it will get it. Um, Kyle will mail it to you personally. I should screen print on one of these. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, but we we do want to thank all our speakers. And if you weren't able to make the workshop and you don't know what we're talking about at all, uh, visit our website more often. Visit our social medias. We'll have a production workshop coming up in August. And uh, more details following. We do hope, especially by the nature of it being a live production workshop, that we'll, we will meet uh, together in a physical space as opposed to online only. But uh, nevertheless, we'll, we'll give you more details 
as soon as they become available. But it was a great weekend, and I uh, hope everyone else's weekend went as great as ours. So, If it didn't, well, too bad. Too bad. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You snooze, you lose. You snooze, you lose. Um, well, uh, we have a guest today, and uh, it's a special guest, a friend of the Create Initiative, Marcellus Coleman, uh, is joining us today. And uh, we had a wonderful, insightful conversation. And uh, we talked about Jonathan Malm going in rabbit trails. Um, I think Marcellus lives in rabbit trails. And so we went in a lot of directions in our in our conversation, but uh, it was all good and uh, we had a lot of fun. So uh, let's just get to it. Here is our interview with Marcellus Coleman. Well, Marcellus, thank you so much for being on the Create Initiative podcast. Uh, we appreciate you being here, man. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. I love you guys. Yeah, and we love you. And uh, our paths have crossed in many, many different places over the last few years. And so it's great to have you on uh, the show. As, as we get started, you know, there are probably several listeners who who know who you are, but um, there are probably quite a few who don't. And so tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you do. Well, um, my name, again, is Marcellus Comte. That goes without saying. But yeah, <laughs> I am Originally, I was raised in California, and um, I have a diverse background. So for the first 20 years of, of my life, I was um, raised Churches of God in Christ, which is similar to the AG, but um, it is a predominantly African-American uh, denomination. Mm -hmm. And so um, I first started um, ministry, I guess, um, as a choir director. I was 11 years old and I was all about the choir life. And then I met um, Pastor Ryan Latham, shout out to him. And um, I joined his internship and that was my introduction to um, a lot of things. Um, first off being the Assemblies of God and just um, doing ministry a different way. And so um, through Ryan Latham, I moved to Oklahoma City and um, I think that's when I started meeting everyone that I know now in Oklahoma. So, <laughs> yeah, um, ministry and music and, and good times. All right. Well, that's kind of what I want to talk about today. And so you said you were uh, the choir leader at the age of 11. When did you first uh, when would you say that you really found yourself enjoying music and then enjoying singing? Dude, literally when I realized I was a person. Okay. <laughs> I think my first dude legitimately um my first memory of myself was reaching for um a CD um being able to open it up, take the CD out, put it in my dad's um five disc changer, put on his headphones and putting on his sweater as if it were a choir robe and getting <laughs> um getting a suitcase and a stool, breaking a hanger and playing drums, <laughs> um, makeshift drums while listening to music. And um, I just remember being like, the love of, one thing I really appreciated about my parents was them giving me space to be myself. And their love of music and their love of ministry became my love of music and my love of ministry. So I think that's how that's how all that started. All right, well, uh you know, that's always great when you have supportive uh, parents or supportive people mm -hmm. around you who kind of let you 
a venture in into that that foray of of whatever it is. Um, and for you, it was music. So, how did you become the the choir leader at age eleven? <laughs> that that's such a good question, and I, I I feel like the answer is I don't know. I don't know, man. I <laughs> I think um, there were some pastors and some leaders that saw um, a gifting in me, and there were people that I looked up to that allowed um, me to share space and to share platforms with them. And so they allowed me to grow. Man, let me tell you about leading while young. Um, because back then, I, I didn't just have the opportunity to um, lead the youth choir, but um, I eventually um, was a worship leader at 16 and I, and I led adults. And one thing looking back is you can be gifted without having wisdom and without having rapport. And so I think that was the journey. Um, You can do a whole lot of things young. You can lead young, but there are some lessons that come from um, growing, um, making mistakes. So I, I don't remember who got me up there, but I'm glad they did. And oh, the cringy lessons that I endured, but I'm glad, I'm glad I went through it. I'm glad there were people that were patient with me. Well, that, that is good, uh, patience. And, and I don't want to like put you on the spot or try to make you, uh, unbury things that you've hidden, hidden away. But like, like, I mean, what are some of those lessons or is there anything? Cause I mean, obviously, yeah, if you're 11, 12, 16, I mean, you think you know it all, but you, you, you don't. Um, and so if you're listening here and you're 16, you don't know what you're doing. I'm just going to just say that. So, so now that, now that you've got, you know, I mean, I guess you said, uh, it was, it was just your birthday this week as, as of recording this. So, I mean, you've got uh, almost 20 years of, of experience doing this. So what are some of those things? If you could talk to your 16 year old self that maybe you would say, Hey, Let's uh, let's let's change this or maybe approach this differently or anything like that. Absolutely. Um, oof, so many things, but I'll, I'll try to te- keep this short. Um, even at 31, I don't know it all. Mm-hmm. I still have so much room to grow. Um, areas that I know of and areas that I don't know of. I would tell my 16-year-old self, you can slow down. Um, to not fear getting old. Um, I think age and relevancy have become hand in hand, and I think that's a lie. Um, so I would tell my 16-year-old self, enjoy your youth. Enjoy being a child. Being a child is not a bad word. Also, to, to not, to be okay with who and where you are and to not compare yourself. Comparison is a killer. I know that's been a buzz phrase, but I wish that we, even as adults, would really catch the uh, the revelation that comparison is a killer. Um, just because you're the same age and in the same area does not mean that you have the same ministry. And even if you have the same goals, you won't have the same approach. Mm-hmm. Um, I will never be Kirk Franklin, even though I want to be. I love that dude. But God created me as Marcellus Coleman. And so I I will be the only Marcellus Coleman created on earth. 
even with somebody 50 years from now having my same name, um, they're not me. I was specifically engineered and designed to be in existence right now because of the assignment that God has given me. And no one else can take that. So I think it is my responsibility to steward that well. And I would tell my 16-year-old self, bro, be okay with, jo- with, with um, growing and being right where you are, being present. Well, that's good. And, and um, it's comparison being a killer. I mean, I, I, I agree with that 100%. And I think it's something that we, we need to learn, especially people in the creative world, um, because, yeah. you know, we're always looking at somebody else's work. We're always, we're always comparing yeah. ourselves to, to somebody else, maybe who we, we feel like is at our level or maybe is the level above us or, or whatever. Um, it, how, and, I, I, and I'm going to assume it's an ongoing process. Um, because I know it's an ongoing process for me, but what are some ways that you're learning not to dive into the, the, the threat of comparison? Man, <laughs> that's a good question. And what I say, I really need to rewind and, <laughs> and encourage myself to do it. Well, and then, um, you know, like I said, I know we're all walking through that in our own ways. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know, you know, if that's something that you recognize now at 31, that you wish your 16 year old self, well, what, what's helped you recognize it here now um, that, that you're trying to realize you don't need to do that? I think number one, celebrating the fact that God made me, me. That's good. And there's a part of me that cringes because it's like, Ooh, self-importance, but it's like, no, it's not. We are scripture says we are fearfully and wonderfully made before the foundations of the world. God knew us. And I I believe it's, he knew us as a people, but he knew us individually. If God has invested so much in us individually, why are we so bent on tearing us down or even throwing away his value of us by comparing us to someone else? God has taken time into forming us and investing in us and giving us different attributes and um, and I don't want to say characteristics, but different things that make us different than each other. And so um, one thing, and I think it's a challenge, uh, one thing that I'm, I'm learning and diving into is how, how can I present myself as a praise to him? Um, me, I didn't make myself Black. God made me Black. And because he did, he did it specifically and beautifully. So because that is specific and beautiful, I will offer that as a praise. And never mind. Um, here's, here's a rabbit trail. One thing I've been thinking about is because I love diversity. I think um, ethnicities are something God created and divine. And um, even in that, I love how there are different languages. And I love how there are different songs and musical art forms Mm -hmm. that are derived from different countries and expressions. And um, I just love the diversity of praise. And I think praise, and it's the definition of praise is expression. So me as a person, we all express ourselves differently. And um, I just love how, God sees all of our expressions and honors them. And there's, there's not just one way to express ourselves. 
There's not just one ethnicity. There's not just one age. There's not just one, you know. And I, I look at it. We are we are walking praises to God, mm-hmm. and I think that's special. And I and in even as the Bible says, we are all living epistles. And um, I just I just want to present myself. I'm the only person that will ever exist as myself mm-hmm. on this earth, and and time is only like a a, a vapor or a a, will, a real quick smoke. Not a real quick smoke. That's not. But you know what I meant. Yikes. I know. I know what you mean. But um, because this world will, will only ever get Marcellus one time. That's right. Yeah. I think that fuels me in everything that I'm made up with to just do it and to do it to the glory of God. So, yeah. Well, that's good. And I mean, I think it's the the quicker we can understand that that we are the only ones who will ever you know, you're the only Marcellus, I'm the only Jason that, you know, that that will ever exist. And what's the point of comparing to somebody else when, you know, we were created uh, individually. So um, that's good. And uh, I want to kind of talk about worship. You've, 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 you know, you've been leading worship for a while. And um, what are some things I, what I hear often or in, in a church context, there are always the, the, the struggles between the, the people on stage and the people in the pews and, mm-hmm. you know, leading people in the pews who may, you know, be coming from all different backgrounds or all different mornings or whatever. Um, what are some keys or some things you've learned about being able to lead people effectively in a time of worship in a corporate gathering? Man, that's a good question. Um, I think a couple things. A lot of this I was taught, and there's a lot of stuff that was beating in my brain that I'm really grateful for. Um, I think number one is loving people. Um, I get to I get to lead people into worship, and um, I I I want to always be in a position where I genuinely love the people that I get to lead. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I think will <laughs> really, really harm us from being effective is number one, entitlement. Um, I get to lead people. I get to be on a platform. Anybody else could do it. God can choose literally anybody else. But um, I have this opportunity right now. So I think good stewardship is, hey, realizing that I don't have to be up here. He yeah. could have chose anyone, but he chose me. Number two, these are people. I have no idea, unless they directly tell me, I have no idea what they went through in their journey to get to the seat that they're in, standing in, or sitting in front of me. So um, I guess leading through love and leading through compassion, um, I used to be really bad at that. Um, <laughs> growing up, and uh, uh, man, I thank God for people that were patient with me, pastors and leaders that were patient with me. Yeah. But man, I used to be really bad. I used to be a, you better get up on your feet and you better give God praise and you better da da da. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, yeah, I can't really project on the audience because again, um, even if somebody isn't responding the way that I would want them to respond does not mean that they are not engaging in the song. Yeah. Or in my all of my you betters, I'm really distracting them from what God really actually wants to do. 
So um, I can't I can't look at their faces unless God illuminates something in my spirit while looking at somebody. I don't know what they're thinking. Yeah, I won't know what they're thinking. I don't know their stories unless the unless the Lord in that moment's like, hey, anxiety is happening or hey, such and such is happening. So I think um, being humble, leading with humility, um, loving where you are. Also, what happens off stage, man, is so much more important and directly affects what happens on stage. I I can't say that word. Sorry. Um, I can't be a jerk <laughs> yeah. off stage and then get on stage and be like, come on, everybody, join me. You can trust me to lead you somewhere. Yeah. No, all of that happens. A lot of that happens off stage, especially um, at home. So I have a church home. I get to travel a lot and be with a lot of people, but um, I have a church home that I um, volunteer in and, and have been at for the last uh, few years. And so um, I know them. That's my home. So when I'm off stage, um, I get to, well, I was going to say hug people, but shout out to COVID-19. <laughs> right. But before all that went down, <laughs> um, I would be hugging people. I would be in the lobby. I would be, you know, um, I have um, camaraderie with um, my teammates. We're all a team. So um, um, having a culture of community is so important. Um, unless you're doing tracks, you're not on stage by yourself. Yeah. Even when you are doing tracks, you're technically not on stage by yourself um, because you have you have people um, backstage or behind the scenes. You know, having camaraderie with with where you are really helps the overall experience. And I think when it comes to worship or sacred music, there is an added weight to it. I'm not a pop artist. By the way, I believe most pop artists aren't jerks. But anyway, <laughs> I, I can't afford to. With, with, the, with what I'm doing, I can't afford to be a jerk because the glory of the Lord is too weighty for that. Yeah, You know? There's too much responsibility. There's too much on the line. Somebody came in hurting, and I, I have access to, to a savior, to a healer, and my job is to lead them to him. Yeah. So, well, that's good. And there, there's a lot of wisdom in there and, um, the, it's definitely spoken of someone who's walked through it. And so I appreciate your candor, uh, through that. So another thing I know about you, Marcellus, um, well, let me re I think I know, I shouldn't say I know about you, <laughs> um, in watching, well, probably it, well, in watching you worship and in watching you off stage, um, I know songwriting is near and dear to your heart and, um, yes, sir. Just in this moment, like, I mean, what are you currently learning about the process of songwriting and how is that affecting you? And and I'm no, I haven't, I haven't written any, I'm not on the radio. This is just from my perspective. <laughs> but I think as a songwriter, it's not about what's going to be the next hit song or what's going to be the next church anthem. But um, I think number one, being open. I, I'll, I'll talk about specific songs. So there's a song that, God gave me called Sound Mind. Mm -hmm. And um, the hook of the song, the bridge of the song, I think that everyone really um, holds on to. Uh, God's not given fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. That's scripture. And I wasn't, I didn't ask for it. Uh, he just gave it to me. I was just leading worship at church. And um, I was singing No Longer Slaves. I don't like the woe part. 
So every time we let it, I was like, you know what? Let me go ahead and exhort or ad lib until we get to the bridge. And there was one moment where um, the chord progression went and I just started singing it. It just dropped on me. And over two years, it became an anthem. So um, what most people don't know is um, I knew it was a song. Sometimes I'll flow and then like I'll forget what happened. Mm -hmm. But there are some times where it's like, oh, something's on this. So um, there were two song attempts with that song <laughs> that just never worked out. And it, it, it felt forced and it didn't work out. So I was like, let me not force anything. And then life happened. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to um, just talk about the song and then get get out the lessons of it. So life happened. Um, There's a lot of stuff that happened. Um, I felt the Lord leading me to do traveling ministry. Mm -hmm. And so going through all of that, I'm like, God, did you make a mistake? Is it just me? What's going on? And then um, he reminded me of more scripture. And then finally, he gave me verses. And so honestly, at, um, was it Synergy? Synergy. At mm -hmm. Synergy, um, what everyone doesn't know is the week of is when I literally finished the song. Oh, wow. So that was my first time being able to sing and minister the song in its full form. Um, so, so things that I want to pull out from that specific experience was um, sometimes for you songwriters, Sometimes songs don't come to you all in one moment. That was a two-year, two-and-a-half-year process. Um, there is some ideas that will come to you where it's like, man, all of this is done, and then you sing it, and you try it out, and then you refine. Or God will be like, hey, here's a song, sing it, and it's all done. Um, but sometimes I know how he works in me or what's been a pattern is, He'll give me an idea or he'll give me a song and then I'll have to walk through what that song is about. Mm -hmm. And um, with Sound Mind, um, I had to really walk through depression. Let me tell you about walking through things. Man, walking through things ain't cute. Good Lord. <laughs> it's hard. And, and, you know, you'll hear other people's experiences and it'd be like, dang, well, amen. Come on, Victory. But when you go through things yourself, it's like, all right, worship leader all right, songwriter, are you going to believe what just came out of you? Yeah. Are you going to believe scripture for real? Because any performer knows there's a mask that we can have on. We could put on the mask, do our little song and dance, take off the mask, and then hate our lives. But <laughs> the benefits of being a worship leader, the benefits of being a believer is we get to be a testimony. We get to have a testimony. And so... God was putting in me a testimony of having a sound mind. When you're going through something where um, things are uncertain, but you're walking in uncertainty, holding on to a, a promise from a God that never breaks his promises, um, things can get shaky. And the whole tension between, all right, God, is this you or isn't you? Or I don't believe this is happening. Or God didn't choose me to do this. And then just the words of the enemy, the enemy being loud and being, intimidating and being annoying like you have to you have to really really hold on to the fact that the word of god is the word of god is the word of god it is the truth not a uh, not a subjective truth it is the truth and the truth will make you free and so i think that's another reason why 
that specific song is packed with so much scripture because, um, and I don't, this came, this wasn't even intentional. It was just stuff he started giving me. Mm -hmm. But um, man, it really, scripture is the truth. I didn't, this is going to come off shady. I don't mean for it to come off shady. I think in that, in that song, in that moment, I didn't have time um, to, to have imageries of water. You know, yeah, <laughs> the stereotypical Im- imageries of water, which there's some powerful stuff about water. But there was just I don't know. There was just something in that song that said, let's just obliterate the enemy with the word of God so that each line has scripture in it. And so um, for those of you writing worship songs, um, stand on the stuff that he gives you. Don't don't just sing it. Because I believe the Lord will bless you with an experience and a testimony that backs up the song that you wrote and that you're presenting. And number two, know the word. Know the word. Have biblical literacy. Because we are singing theology. We are singing the truth. And I think in a lot of church experiences, um, the word is always important. And so um, a lot of people will get drawn in by the worship and drawn in by the singing. And Lord willing, we've set it up so that they'll stay for the word. Mm -hmm. So I I believe, and one of the teachings um, that was given to me early on as a child is worship leaders, we really do prepare the way for the word. We really do set up the ground for people's hearts to be in tune with the word. And so if you're writing worship music, then that's, that's a job you also signed up for. Yeah. Um, All that to be said, um, I know that worship is a genre right now. And I just want to encourage every Christian songwriter that you don't have to be locked into the genre of worship music. If you want it to be sung on, if, if, if you feel like this song needs to be sung on Sunday, every, every Sunday, then yeah, get versed into um, different song formats and different things. Um, I would encourage you to um, listen to different genres than just CCM and just Hillsong so that you can be more palatable and you can have, you know, more grounding than mm-hmm. just that genre. But um, I would encourage Christian songwriters, like you can be a believer, but also write a ballad. You can be a believer and also write music for ballet. You can be a believer and also write jazz. I don't know if that's controversial, but lo- the Lord created sound and music. So he is not only boxed into the genre of CCM and or gospel. So I hope I answer your question. Oh, I'm yeah, just yeah, rambling. No, that's good. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, it's good. And um, Mars, before we get out of here, uh, you've just recently uh, started your own podcast. And I wondered if you would just tell the listeners about uh, what it's about and, and uh, where they can find it. Absolutely. So I started a podcast called The Mars Invasion. Um, I started an iteration of it two years ago, but then I procrastinated, got defeated, blah, blah, blah. And so once again, especially during this quarantine, I just felt reinvigorated to share. So it's all about me building community through conversations. I'll be interviewing different people. I'll, I'll be interviewing hopefully different artists locally and internationally. Um, I'll be, um, interviewing different influencers and communicators and blah, blah, blah. And basically, all it is is them sharing their story. I always want to, um, leaders are learners. And that's not just, you know, 
another phrasing that people say to sound cool or to tweet something, but I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for community and if it wasn't for opportunities of learning. And so I've been under some crazy, amazing teaching in my life, and I just want to share that. I also want to share how accessible and how human these leaders and these creatives are. There's a lot of, and also there's a part of me that has a bone to pick with interviewers. Um, I love this conversation. Thank you for letting me have it rabbit trails. And thank you for letting me, you know, share as aggressively as I did. I didn't mean to, but you, you hit a vein and I was, I was here for it. But um, in the, in the short time span of interview experience that I've had, um, I feel like God gave me the wisdom to ask certain questions that struck a nerve with people that I haven't seen in a lot of other interviewers, mm-hmm. you know, especially in, Ooh, no, never mind. Um, sorry, I'm filtering in, in live. Go ahead and say it. Okay, here, here we are because it's <laughs> you, Jason. Um, leaders and learners, I watch a lot of interviews, not just Christian interviews. I, I, I see a lot of interviews and um, I, I see how I saw a compilation of um, how there were female stars that were asked certain questions that male stars were not. And it really vexed me because um, even with like a, there was a movie, there was a Marvel movie and they were interviewing the male star like, hey, what was it like to do? um, What was, you know, the um, something about working out and all that other stuff. And then he interviewed um, the female co-star with the question of, hey, did you have any underwear on? And I was like, what? What is happening? And then the more that I looked into it, the more that I saw that happen. Mm-hmm. And even in looking into like artist interviews, it's the same questions of like, who are you dating? Or who is this song about? And I'm like, man, as a musician, I want to know about the songwriting process. Yeah. Why did you name this album you did? Um, I got a chance to... My favorite band is Snarky Puppy. Yeah. My favorite band is Snarky. They are amazing. And so um, I had the opportunity to interview the piano player four years ago. And he just, you know, he just dropped all this stuff on me. And he said, um, community is the sound of Snarky Puppy. And bro, that impacted me so very, very much. Yeah. Going back to why community is important. I know me growing up as a as an ignorant 11-year-old, if it wasn't for community, if it wasn't for musicians and worship pastors and choir directors within the area of different churches who, if they didn't, you know, um, uh, bring me under their wings and allow me to have space with them, then I wouldn't be where I am. So... Me having conversations is my version of doing that for other people. So there we are. I hope that was a coherent answer. <laughs> it was. That's good. And and uh, we'll have a link in the show notes so people can can check it out. And um, Mars, as we get out of here, this is a question we ask all of our guests. And I want, want you to provide an answer as well. And that is, do you have any words of encouragement for fellow creatives and fellow worship leaders out there? Be encouraged and sometimes get out of your own head. You are enough because the Lord made you. Um, Again, leaders are learners. I don't care if that becomes annoying. I hope it gets in your spirit. Leaders, you can learn. And you can learn from places that you didn't think you could. 
for all of my um, songwriters and worship leaders, whatever genre you feel that you are locked into, whether voluntarily or involuntarily, I encourage you to start asking other creatives outside of your genre and watch how your songwriting and your musical perspective changes. So um, be, become creatively open-minded. Um, um, get friends. <laughs> Develop more friendships. Jason, I am so grateful for my friendship with you. I'm so grateful for your team um, because your team comes from um, all over Oklahoma. And man, that's, you know, that's benefited me personally. Um, whenever I'm, I'm doing an AG event, um, just having, just feeling the camaraderie every time I do it, I always know it's you or your team. And that makes me, that makes me feel at home wherever I am. And so I would encourage creatives to really, um, start building community, not, not, not just networking. I don't, Jason, I don't love and appreciate you because you're the dude at every event. I love and appreciate you because I love and appreciate your heart, you know, and st and people like Richard Smith and, um, you know, uh, Kyler and that whole team. Um, it's just, it's not only just nice to be nice, but I think it's really beneficial to just be a nice person and to build community. So I love you guys beyond what you can do for me. I just love y'all. So creatives love each other, amen. thank Marcellus again for joining us on the podcast and uh, go check out his podcast, uh, the Mars invasion. And uh, it's, it's a very interesting listen. And uh, we just heard a door slam for like the fourth time. Like the fourth time. So uh, Kyle, we may be uh, under attack here. And so uh, you guys better get murdered. I don't know. I mean, Since our screens froze and you wouldn't know anyway. <laughs> I know. So that'd be spooky. That would be. Um, but we do want to thank Mars for, for taking the time to join us. Go check out his work. Uh, he's a super talented, talented dude. Well, uh, guys, um, before we go, we talked about the workshop, but um, we hadn't really talked about the weekend. And other than that, and Kyle, you, you said you got your pool up and running. The pool is up, guys. Um, we're ready for a full summer of fun. Full summer of fun. So you haven't got the chlorine in there. I don't know. Um, there was a bunch of like math on how to know exactly how much chlorine to put in there. And so I just kind of ignored that. Yeah. Just eyeballed it a bit. And so <laughs> we should be fine. As long as your children's eyes don't burn out of their sockets. Um, yeah. Just yeah. I eyeballed it on the, the on the, uh, the bottom side, you know, yeah. I was like, well, I can always add more. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You but, can always, uh, you can always add more. Do you have like the I think the automatic little cleaner thing that goes all around the bottom of the pool? No way. Are you kidding me? Those are expensive. Those are for in ground pools. I didn't know. I mean, you're talking about like a a pool Roomba. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got the hose I don't attached. Even got to an it. indoor Roomba. Well, I don't know. It you came, seemed like you were I've going got... all out on this thing. I thought maybe you were. Yeah. Well, I thought I did go all out, but now you're making me feel like a poorzy. If you get three nets, put your kids in the pool. That's all you need. Yeah, that's what my dad always did. 
Yeah, so you want to swim I have in mulberry it? trees Clean in my back, it. mulberry trees in my backyard, and I trimmed as much of the branches that I could. Like I stood on my shed and with a saw and cut down branches and stuff. Um, but there's still mulberries falling in there, so I've been having to clean it out like every twenty minutes. Mm. It's great. Wow, yeah, that that'll be a mess. Something to do. Yeah, <laughs> something to do. Um, yeah, uh, it is almost summertime, guys, and so. Uh, if you if you had a job like Kyle's that involved the school, um, like now all responsibilities are lifted. Yeah, I'm I'm summering it up. <laughs> Lucky you, Kyler and I are still I'm back at the office. Officing it up. Officing it um, up. That's something they don't prepare you for in school is not having summer. No summer break. I mean. Well, I mean, you get vacation, more people though. should have a summer break. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of wish America w- it was more like the uh, like European model of like you actually take like a four week vacation oh, or like they, a what do they know, call it holiday holiday yes you know you take like a real holiday holiday hey y'all on froze hey ah! how about that hello Kyle finally <laughs> but yeah I would love to to take a holiday just like take four weeks off and. Uh, you know, what always amazed me is it seems like if you ever encounter someone who's on holiday, not only are they taking like four weeks off, apparently they've been saving for six years. Yeah, and it's a they're like nice doing vacation yeah, at like, all the Hillsong pastors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're like going to these fancy, fancy beachside resorts and, you know, all kinds of stuff. But hey, one day, right? We can all dream. Can yeah. we? Hillsong pastors aren't taking a vacation. They're taking a sabbatical, Kyler. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. The sabbatical, you know, I the sabbatical is a mega church pastor's vacation. Although, um, I think a sabbatical is a very meaningful thing if you do it right. Like, I I love the purpose of it. I wish more pastors would I take agree. sabbaticals, yeah. but you got to do it right. Yeah, grow in the right way. It's uh, the thing is that uh, you normally creative staff at churches don't get the luxury of a sabbatical. It is true, um, because. Uh, for some reason that it's not, uh, I don't know, it doesn't seem like they need it as much because they don't have to preach. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, it would come in handy, I think, for a lot of. Yeah, I, th- I think it would be super beneficial. Are. And the other downside is, you know, a majority, an overwhelming majority of churches that even have creative people, it's still like way understaffed anyway. Mm-hmm. So if that one person is gone for four weeks, um, like all the. Maybe, you know, the weekend services might be fine, but like the creative elements, uh, they may disappear unless they can work way ahead. Um, so, you know, there are a lot yeah. of challenges besides the fact of some people just don't recognize it as a as a uh, worthwhile ministry um, effort, you know. Yeah. But hey, uh, something I always ran into when I would go to take vacation, I, I dreaded taking vacation because it just meant extra work for me. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was never really much of a vacation. I think. Churches but. should take more retreats. I always I think it's cool when churches take retreats because they get to cast the vision for the church in like a really cool way while doing fun things instead of being in like an, a meeting type yeah. setting where it's like, this is our vision, let's do this, whatever. Yeah. You're not supposed to call them retreats anymore, Kyler. They're advances. Staff advances. What? Oh, you haven't you haven't figured that that's out. That's such not that's not a fun name. Because we don't retreat. I'm just going on a weekend staff advance. We don't we don't oh, go we backwards. Advance. We advance. But that we move forward. Is that really 
Is that really the reason? That's it. That's a thing. It, it is a thing. It's I've seen several staff advances. Um, so it is it is definitely a thing. And uh, you know, call it what you will. Um, I I agree. I think the opportunity for people to do fun things is is definitely there. Um, you know, by by doing a retreat. Just why we have to <laughs> church everything. <sighs> it's true. We do have to church everything up. Um, but hey, you know, whatever. That's like, so my brother goes to a Christian college and instead of calling it, um, dead week for finals, the week before finals, they call it life week. No, no. Life week because, you know, we don't speak death. <laughs> when he told they me that. Uh, you know, God said live. So. God said live. They obviously haven't read Dick Brogdon's book, Live Dead. So This is true. This is true. To live is Or they did, Christ but they don't. To don't acknowledge gain. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, but to your point on vacation, I used to be that way, like, right. I didn't like to go because I knew the work that was waiting on me, but I've finally just figured it out. Like, like I'll just, uh, I just kind of prepare that for the week I return. Um, I just try to build in in my schedule to just like, I know it's going to be catch up. Um, but I finally like the last two years, if I take a week vacation, I can literally just take the email off my phone and I don't freak out about it. Um, so that's been super freeing, but it took, took a while to get there um just to know that because it, it wasn't like a I don't trust things getting done it was totally a I just know there's gonna be a lot to get back to so I try to get a jump on that but I finally finally have gotten over that so it's a very freeing feeling yeah. I know a pastor who he gave some advice to his staff whenever they're going on a vacation to tell like send out an email like I'm going on vacation do not email me until this day mm-hmm. Because as soon as I get back, I'm just deleting all the emails that I got during vacation. Oh, wow. And so, yeah. I just took my email off my phone altogether for all the time, and life is way yeah. better. <laughs> it is super free. Y'all froze again. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Well, that probably means we should start wrapping it up. Um, but uh, before we go, does anyone have any any last things they'd like to talk about? <sighs> um. Bridgetown Church. Go watch their online service. It's awesome. Bridgetown Church. Yeah. What? What's so? I'm I tuned in. I, I tuned in live yesterday for John Mark, our friend John Mark Comer. Okay. It's just they're just doing it a little bit different. Yeah. And so. Yeah. It's less uh less showy, and really good. He's talking about rule of life and stuff like that, cool. but. Yeah, their worship is really cool. Something I've always wanted to do. They instead of having a live drummer, they use the Ableton Push. Yeah, just kind of like a oh man, it's now, awesome. is that something they've done pre pre quarantine? Do you know, or is it like out of necessity? I don't think so. Okay. All yeah, it's out of all that they they you know they pre record in a room, but it's just like I said, it's not. They're definitely they're using it to their advantage, like. They're not just acting like they're in a room full of people. Yeah. And yeah. It's, well, we'll, it's really we'll post a link in the in the show notes because, you know, I've mentioned a couple times during all this. I've been watching every week at Good Shepherd New York um, because they're they're doing that, too. They're finding unique ways like this. On, on this past Sunday, they they do uh, they sing the doxology at the end yes. of every service. Mm-hmm. And so like every week they've had sometimes their worship artists do it. But like uh, a couple weeks they've had like kids and, you know, it's like, you know, uh, Aaron Nequist's kids, uh, 
performed on this uh, this week's speaking of kids <laughs> but uh so you know they're just finding unique ways to involve family and friends and and all that. <laughs> is that jasper hey jasper hey yeah <laughs> say hey y'all are welcome y'all go inside uh-oh what? there it is <laughs> is that hazel hey hazel they're saying hi to all of y'all. Oh, hello. <laughs> they just wanted uh, the birthday thing. Yep. Yeah. Anyways, um, they also uh, they have the Bridgetown Daily podcast, mm-hmm. and so it does some really cool. Uh, they do like a a morning podcast and an evening podcast. It's kind of like guided, guided prayer. prayer. That's um, cool. It's it's really cool for like the them to be able to do it as a whole church yeah. and so yeah that, that's pretty neat and, um, and those are the things we've been you know we've been talking about during this whole whole pandemic is is watching churches do creative things that are out outside of the norm um of, of their normal weekend service so uh we'll, we'll definitely link it in the show notes and uh encourage people to check it out so cool yeah <laughs> you'll just saw the firestorm of kids and yeah they were running out here to tell me thank you because I bought them pool noodles. Oh, that's, you're you're such a kind dad. It's the little it's things, the, the ninety-seven cent pool yeah. noodle. <laughs> it is the little things. Um, well, we we need to wrap it up and get out of here. But uh, before we go, I do want to mention that um, we are having our Create Initiative Film Festival this summer, and uh, but we're we're going to do it a little bit differently. We're going to do it online only, kind of like we've been doing our last our last few months. Um, but I'm super excited about this. We're still working out all the details, but the long and short of it is uh, if you submit your video work or your design work, you can to- submit it totally for free, creativeinitiative.org slash film festival. Um, you will, your work will be presented on a, on our website and people will have the opportunity to vote and we're going to do prizes for first, second, and third in the audience choice. And um, so it'll be a great way for you to promote uh, your own work and uh, try to share it so people can go vote on it and uh, all that kind of stuff. But then um, we're, we're kicking out some details. We may try to do some kind of a group watch of at least maybe the winning pieces uh, through uh, you know, an online means or something. So we'll, we'll have more details on that very soon, but you can go to creativeinitiative.org slash film festival right now and go ahead and submit your work. Uh, so if you've got that, that, that piece of, of short film that you've just been dying to release to the world, uh, during this pandemic now is your opportunity or design piece, you know, either of those. All right. Silence. Yeah, that reminds me, slurp sound slurp taking sound. the world by storm. Yeah, yeah, you sent me some of your analytics. Uh, you had some interesting countries in your audience. Yeah, it's going viral. Yeah, going viral. Slovenia. Con- <laughs> considering I haven't told anyone about it. Hey, that's impressive. Uh, it, you know, that's that's what happens when Spotify buys your your uh, hosting platform. You know, it's just it becomes yeah. a worldwide phenomenon. It's great. It. Uh, it's less, all those analytics, less than 1% uh, female have listened. Wow. <laughs> I Which is exactly what I was going for. <laughs> it's an all guys podcast. Oh, well, um, we're, we are looking forward to the next episode of Slurp Sounds. So uh, you need no, to get, we that, are not. get that ready. We are not. <laughs> yeah. I'm speaking for the I'm, women I'm, here. Yeah, I'm yeah, falling less than 1%. <laughs> well, no one. Like Bernie Sanders says, no one cares about the 1%. Ooh. 
and so wow i didn't know we were gonna get political as we as we went out here. <laughs> Ooh, political well, he, well it's not I political know. anymore he's not I running know. for I'm president kidding. i don't i don't care anyway um but hey uh we do need to get out of here and uh, we hope you've uh, had a great weekend and starting your week off right and uh, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode we're gonna try to get kyle back in the studio again because that was just a lot of fun having the three of us in the same room so um kyle I'm, i thought i was gonna be floating in the yeah, pool which we're looking forward to that we're waiting for you to get your deck built so that we can do a live pod you know deck side pool side from your so, pool yeah that'll be our summer summer yeah. uh, uh coming summer 2021 <laughs> No, it's ready. I mean, the deck is almost basically okay. built. Well, mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna pick the we're gonna pick the hottest day of the it. year, and then we're gonna set up all of our podcast equipment, yeah. cameras, the whole bit, and then uh, we'll heat ain't heat's no thing for me. I was a lifeguard at the public pool, so that's right. <laughs> well, um, we're just just well, chilling. It'll be fun. We've got some. Uh, I'm not gonna say big plans for the summer in the podcast, but we got some fun They're plans. plans. They're plans. Yeah, they may not even be fun. I don't They're know. just They're plans. Just, They're just plans. But uh, 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 go ahead. Oh, I was saying, I've got well, big plans. I'm releasing my t-shirt line. It's gonna be great. Oh man, you, you've always got something going on. That's what that's what we love about you, Kyle. So. Yep. Summer of twenty. That's my summer t-shirt of line. Summer of twenty. Uh, I like it. I like it. Yep. Well, for Kyle Lee and uh, Kyler, do you have any last thoughts before we hit the road? You've been awfully quiet because Kyle's been hogging the mic. Uh, yeah. I'm hogging it today because y'all are frozen and I can't tell if y'all are we about to talk. No final thoughts. No final thoughts. Well, I have no final thoughts either. So uh, we'll see you next week. Have a great one and uh, stay cool, everyone. Bye.